0: Welcome into the Most Accurate Podcast and what will be the final recording of the Most Accurate Podcast for 2022 and the NFL season. Alongside John Paulson, I'm Anthony Stalter. You can, of course, follow John at 444 four underscore John um, at Anthony Stalter. And uh, John, I hope that uh, the listeners and, of course, you had a very good holiday weekend and uh, Santa brought you everything that you you had wanted this year.
1: Uh, yeah, it was a good uh, Christmas. Uh, my mom's in town from Wisconsin, so it's always nice to see her. She's 82, and uh, it's, it's good to spend time with your family when you can. Uh, I hope you, had, you and the family had a good time as well. Yeah, thanks. We did. The, the little one, it's always fun to...
0: I know Mac's a little bit older these days, but I'm sure he's still excited for Christmas, but to, to watch the little ones just freak out on Christmas morning is is cool. Yeah, I would, I would
1: say, you know, you you go through a phase where they are manic trying to open presents because they just want stuff. And uh, Max is now at the point where, you know, Christmas is is fine. He likes to get in the gifts and stuff, but he's he's a little cooler about it and yeah. Um helps with the presents and isn't is crazy uh, <laughs> trying to open it's, things and uh, impatient. I think is the is the word.
0: Yeah my uh my my daughter madeline will she's still in the mode of she's sick she's the older one but she's she's trying to like open oh look 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 and my son who's 4 is like he opens it and he's excited to open another one but he also wants to play with the thing that he just opened so he's always got this it's like this pure conflict watching him constantly, cuz you can tell he he wants to keep going, but he also wants like open this up. I'm gonna play with this in two seconds. So it's
1: That's stressful. It's like. stressful for kids. Yeah. It's,
0: it's It is. It's a stressful time. Yep. All right. Let's dive into it. This beats this week's biggest fantasy storylines. We've got some sneaky starts. We've got the sleeper sneaky start of the week, our breakout receiver model. So you typically know that the template that we use here for the most accurate podcast. But let's start off with some Thursday night takeaways, John. When you know last night was a mess. Last night was a mess with Tennessee. You discovered that Josh Dobbs was going to be starting the game instead of Malik Willis. I thought they were trying to preserve Malik Willis for next week because next week is when it all comes. It, the playoffs are decided for the Titans. So last night didn't matter. Even if they lost, it didn't matter whether, whether or not they're going to make the playoffs. But as I was reading Paul Kaharski and some of the Titans beat writers, the thought was, no, they're trying to, to see what they have in Josh Dobbs because may, maybe he gives them a better chance to win next week against Jacksonville, as opposed to the, the rookie, Malik Willis. I was kind of surprised by this thought. But uh, regardless, what were your what were your takeaways last night from a fantasy perspective as the Cowboys knock off the Titans?
1: Yeah, it's an interesting situation where you have a game that's just basically not important to Tennessee because of the tilt next week that really decides everything for them. It's pretty much the same scenario for Jacksonville, although they do have – a chance at the playoffs if they lose Week 18 and win Week 17 this week. So they, it appears that they're going to play their starters. Um, with this Dobbs news, I thought it was just basically my initial reaction to it was: you have a rookie who hasn't thrown for more than a hundred yards. He hasn't. He hasn't even gotten to a hundred yards. Uh, he's thrown three picks, no touchdowns. Uh, yards per attempt of four point five and completing 51% of his passes. And I think that they're maybe thinking that Dobbs at least gives them a fighting chance as a passer. He does have a little bit of, when I, when I was running his college numbers and stuff, he does have the ability to run the ball as well. So it's almost as if he's you know Malik Willis uh, with maybe a better chance at passing the ball. Uh, and he did. He threw for 230 yards, a touchdown, a pick. He only averaged 5.9 yards per attempt. Um, But, I mean, we know this Dallas defense is pretty good. Uh, And, you know, it was just one of those things where you look at the receiving box score for Tennessee and it looks like a normal game now. I mean, it looks like, oh, you get 66 yards from uh, Traylon Burks. You get 40 yards or so and a touchdown from Robert Woods. Um, Some other guys are getting involved and doing something. I mean, it, it was, I guess, from a standpoint of projecting, it was at least nice to be able to project some passing yards for this team. Uh, so I'll be interested to see what they do next week. If they go back to Dobbs again, or if they're going to, you know, start, try it out to Willis. Uh, Hassan Haskins was the lead back as expected. Uh, and I, you know, was playing around with his rankings, uh, yesterday and, you know, I just didn't feel comfortable projecting him too high due to the unlikely nature that the Tennessee Titans were going to score a lot of, uh, real world points. And, uh, you know, so I had him, you know, with in the teens in terms of his touches, but pretty inefficient. And that's basically what we got 3.3 yards per attempt. Uh, He got two catches. um, So just not a, not a great day for him or anything. uh, You know, 53 total yards. Uh, And then the other kind of factor, you know, interesting thing looking at was Pollard out was how much Malik Davis was going to play. And he did play quite a bit. Uh, But Ezekiel Elliott had 19 touches uh, did not catch a pass, which was a little bit surprising. Uh, he got the touchdown, which kind of saved it. Uh, but you you would think with 19 touches, he would have had about 80 yards in that touchdown instead of uh, you know under 40. Uh, Malik Davis got the 12 touches as the rotational back, and he did okay. But it wasn't a, a breakout game or anything that they were uh, some of the people on on Twitter who were hoping for in terms of Malik Davis. And then I think you know Dak Prescott had to throw the ball more than maybe. he the Cowboys thought that they were going to. He ended up 282 yards, two touchdowns. And then, uh, I'm rambling a little bit, but T.Y. Hilton, five targets was interesting. He only ran, I believe, 16 routes. Uh, but, uh, yeah, 16 routes. Michael Gallup with 46 routes. Uh, but, you know, five targets on 16 routes. So they're really looking for Hilton when he's out there. And he's a, you know, from a DFS standpoint, week 18 playoffs he's an interesting play because they he might be cheap and uh, they are really trying to target him when he gets uh, onto the field uh, compared to some of these other plays and one last note I did have a, a follower who I, I'm friendly with and uh, he helps me with uh, he's a ticket broker I'm not going to say too much about him but he was debating between Dalton Schultz and Tyler Higby, and I watched his whole decis- decision process through DMs and I'm just like well I lean I lean Schultz because I think you know I think he's a better player but you know you can't I wouldn't t- if you really want to start Higby, I wouldn't talk you out of it because the way the the Rams' receiving core is right now, Dalton Schultz has been a little bit quiet, but I, you know Dalton's been good over the years with with Dak, so that's the way I lean. And he was, he talked himself back into um, Dalton Schultz, so he got the two touchdowns. And I, I thank you through the DMs, even though I didn't do a whole lot, I just ranked them higher.
0: Oh, good. That's 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 awesome. I was, I thought you were gonna I thought for sure you were gonna say he's, he went with Tyler Higby. I had really a similar good. discussion. Uh, was somebody that that I was working with? I can't remember who his who his secondary choice was, but he was debating too because Schultz hadn't done much. And I just happened to look at Tennessee against tight ends, and they they have struggled. And um and I said I just said to him I go I go well you know just food for thought Tennessee struggle against tight ends and then I looked at your rankings and I said my guy my guy John has him ranked higher than whoever whoever was the, the other tight end so hopefully I haven't talked to him but hopefully he he also went with Dalton Schultz. Schultz. Uh courtesy of John Paulson at 444.com.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, Tennessee is at twenty sixth and just fantasy points allowed to tight ends. Uh, in this case, it was Higby, fourteenth. Uh, the Chargers are fourteenth in just a fa- points allowed to tight ends. So uh, wasn't it wasn't a clear decision, but I'm glad you I'm glad he went with the way you did. Me too.
0: All right, let's get into this week's biggest storylines. and we start off with a you just mentioned the chargers, Austin Eckler, back to back limited practices. We don't know if the Chargers are going to rest guys. We don't know if Jacksonville is going to rest guys. This this is this is just welcome to week 17 in the NFL where teams either have clinched and they're deciding whether or not to rest for the next couple of weeks. Is it a partial rest situation? Last night, fortunately, it was clear with Derrick Henry he wasn't going to play, so you had time to make make a move. But for Austin Eckler managers, John, what's your advice here?
1: Well, they do have a chance, and I was looking at playoff odds and stuff, and they do have a chance to move up uh, in the seeding. And I think that is fairly important in the AFC specifically because that fourth seed is either going to be Jacksonville or Tennessee. And I guess the question is, like, do they have? Do the Chargers have Super Bowl aspirations? Or are they just happy to be in the playoffs and are happy to get it over with? I think they probably want to win a game, so. You know, if they win out, they can they have a decent shot at that five seed, and uh, could play that uh, the winner of uh, of that Tennessee-Jacksonville game. So that's definitely a more winnable game than going to play at Cincinnati, or going to play at Kansas City, or whoever the two seed is. So I think there is some motivation. Uh, I did watch uh, a friend of the friend of the podcast, uh, Matt Harmon and Austin Eckler, talking on their podcast and. You know, Austin was basically saying that uh, as players they want to play, they want to play the full 17, but the coaches have to make that decision and, uh, you know, tell them basically you're going to sit down. Uh, But I, you know, we don't really know a whole lot about the Chargers. I don't know that the coverage, uh, beat writer coverage, is there compared to some of these other teams in different cities where we have, we're really plugged in and we get a lot of information out of the team uh, by other beat writers. Uh, so we don't really know what they're planning to do at this point. And I'm just kind of keeping my ear to the ground, hoping uh, we get a more a clear understanding. But to me, they would want to win. They'd want to go play Jacksonville or Tennessee in that first round of the playoffs and maybe get to the second round.
0: Do you think that Jalen Hurts is going to play? Because I was reading through your Sneaky Starts article, John, and, and there seems to be some really good quarterback streaming options this week if if, if you need it, uh, including Gardner Gardner Minshew. Do you feel like Hurts is going to play based on the information that you've been reading?
1: Yeah, he was back at practice yesterday and was taking the first team reps. So very interesting turn of events because what we've been getting is that oh well, they're not sure he's going to be ready, you know. Before the end of the regular season, we're not—they're not sure if they're, you know, going to be ready for the playoffs, et cetera. But then he pops up at practice and uh, does really well. So we will see what happens there. Obviously, if Hertz plays, you can't start Gardner Minshew. Uh, but you know, you, you're you're keeping an eye on it. Um, but you know, for other, I know there's a bunch of injuries around the league. Um, but I think it, from a streaming standpoint, Jared Goff is a great one at home against. Uh, Chicago. It's just a fantastic matchup. He's been really good, especially at home. He had a good game last week on the road, but he's been really on fire at home. I think Aaron Rodgers is is a decent uh, to good start against a very uh, sketchy Vikings pass defense. Um, Keeping an eye on that. uh, his receivers. We'll talk a little bit about Christian Watson later, later, but it obviously helped to have him in the lineup. Uh, Brock Purdy has been really solid. Two touchdowns, I think, in, in four straight games he has a rushing touchdown in there as well Uh, Mike White is back uh, so he's he's streamable and then Teddy Bridgewater I think is a pretty good start he's he's one I'm sure is available a lot in some of these casual leagues especially as you get into the playoffs and there's fewer uh, teams trying to stream the quarterback position but without uh, Tua in there I think uh, Bridgewater in that offense is pretty pretty solid start as well well, that's going to be my
0: next question. Can we trust the Dolphins' skill set, skill skill position players without Tua? I mean, if you got if you have Tyreek Hill, you're going to start Tyreek Hill. Uh, Jalen Waddle has caught touchdowns, long touchdowns, the last two weeks. I imagine, John, that you you have to play these guys. But some of maybe maybe some of the running backs uh, with with Tua out. What are your thoughts on just the Dolphins overall?
1: You know, I don't think that Tua's status affects the running backs much. I think they were a little. They're both a little bit sketchy right now due to the nature of that running game and uh, that how they're splitting work. Uh, Raheem Mostert was getting fairly trustworthy, but then he had that fumble against the Packers last week. Jeff Wilson got the uh, goal line carry, uh, so we really don't know who's the lead back in that backfield right now. It, it did look like it was Mostert for a while there, but uh, now it's kind of up in the air. So they're splitting, and it's not a great running game right now as it is. Uh, so you know, I, I, they're both a little bit dicey in terms of starts They're flex worthy, but low confidence, uh, and yeah, Tyreek, I don't worry about him at all with Bridgewater in there. He has a high uh, target share, uh, on Bridgewater throws this year. Waddle, uh, I think only has 10 targets, uh, from Bridgewater, but I, you know, he's, he's a really good player. So I would just go ahead and stick with him. I think both Hill and, and Waddle are uh, startable. And just from a, maybe a DFS or a deep league streaming standpoint, uh, Mike Geseki has two touchdowns from from uh, Teddy Bridgewater this year, so you know in very limited action. So they do have a little bit of a rapport uh, in the red zone. So just a dart throw type at uh, at tight end.
0: Yeah, I think Tua and Mike McDaniel have forgot that Mike, Mike Geseki is even in that offense. And look, when you got Jalen Waddle and Tyree Kill, I don't blame them. But uh, maybe maybe we will see a Mike Geseki sighting this weekend. Derek Carr has been benched in Vegas, so we we will not. Get a Derek Carr sighting. In fact, he won't even be with the team over the next two two weeks. With the thought being that if he gets if he gets hurt and they're trying to either release him or trade him this offseason, that's not good. So Derek Carr bench. It's going to be Jarrett Stidham, former Patriots quarterback. So some familiarity with Josh McDaniels. But the question is obviously okay. What what does this do now to uh, Devontae Adams and Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller? So offensively, John, how do you how do you view view the situation now that Jared Stidham is going to be the starter with the Raiders?
1: Yeah, uh, Stidham has been in the league since 2019. Um, went to Auburn. Uh, career numbers are, you know, 32 of 61 for 342 yards, 52 uh, percent completion, 53 percent completion, uh, two touchdowns, four interceptions, 6.6 interception rate uh and the thing i look at a lot with these players that i don't know a whole lot about these quarterbacks is the yards per attempt and his career yards per attempt is 5.6 so this is below average coming in we'll see how he does uh but you know not super encouraging uh numbers it's not like you're plugging in Gardner Minshew who you have a you know a season and a half of starting numbers in you know, to go off of and he's got pretty good numbers to boot uh this is a very dicey situation for the uh raiders uh, receivers, uh, Devontae Adams, you know, decided to, you know, not demand a trade, but ask for a trade, and wound up signing with the Raiders. And now Derek Carr is being benched, and it looks like he's not going to be the, the quarterback for the Raiders next year. So it's, a, I'm sure, Devontae's head spinning a little bit uh, right now with his decision. Uh, but he's certainly lower in the rankings this week uh, compared to where he would normally be. I have him at 14 right now and half PPR, and you know, no, he's usually in the top five uh he the play hasn't been there really the last couple weeks uh but certainly this is throwing it all up in the air mike uh, darren waller is more of a tight end too this week uh even josh jacobs is a little bit lower but you know it's obviously a really bad matchup against the 49ers uh their first in adjusted fantasy points allowed to running back so i think it, you know everybody takes a hit uh in this raiders offense given the the matchup and given the quarterback change
0: yeah, yeah, you do have to wonder what Devontae Adams' thought process is now. I mean, wanted in part to go to Las Vegas to play with Derek Carr. They, they attended, you know, they went to Fresno State together, and now Derek Carr is, is, isn't is going to be there. And meanwhile, the, uh, the even with, you know, Watson going off in Green Bay, they could certainly use Devontae Adams. So yeah, you have to think, you wonder what Devontae Adams is thinking. All right, injury roundup. I'll run through these, John, and then if you want to, Pick a couple, couple that you wanted to highlight. Great, but again, I'll I'll run through it. Speaking of Watson, so Christian Watson did not practice Wednesday or Thursday. John, if you could talk about, you know, Alan Lazard and Romeo Dobbs. Miles, Miles Sanders suffered a knee injury last week. He was limited on Thursday. Recording, just a reminder, on Friday morning, so we don't have all of the injury reports for Friday. Tyler Lockett limited on Thursday. Of course, he's missed the last couple of games uh, with an injury, and we thought initially maybe he'd be, he'd be out for the year, uh, but the Seahawks have kept him off of injured, injured reserve, so maybe he'll play this week. Debo Samuel practicing again, probably out this week for the Niners. Alvin Kamara. Did not practice, a uh, personal issue, and then also a quad injury. Apparently, he's upset with his offensive role. I don't blame him. They haven't really used him. Greg uh, Dulcich, the tight end from the Broncos, did not practice Wednesday or Thursday. And then Ramondre Stevenson, the running back for the Patriots, was limited in practice on Wednesday.
1: Yeah, uh, long list of injuries. Uh, just Watson keeping an eye on that. If he's out, then Lazard and Dobbs are going to move up, along with uh, Randall Cobb probably. Uh, Miles Sanders looks like he's going to play his back. Uh, if he were to sit, though, I think you're looking at a Boston Scott, uh, Kenneth Gainwell committee. Uh, looks like Lockett might play, and they did open the door for that last week after the surgery. They they made it sound like he might be back after one week off, and if he's back in the lineup, I, I would feel pretty confident in uh, starting him. Uh, it's not a great matchup against the Jets, uh, certainly, but uh, you know he's – he's been productive all year and one of the, was one of the best fantasy, you know, value picks, uh, of the season. Um, you know, his return would knock DK Metcalf down. I did put him in the ranking. So Metcalf is now at 18 when, before he was in the top 10. Uh, yeah, I'm not expecting Debo to play. Uh, Kamara I would expect to play. We'll see how bad this is right now with him. Uh, but he has been getting a lot of touches, but not a lot of third down work, I guess is what he's upset about. Uh, Delchich, uh, I have him ranked as a tight end two right now. He had a, you know, I think he's better with Russell Wilson in there, uh, but he's got this hamstring injury. It looks iffy. And then Ramondre, I'm pretty sure he's going to play. He's been limited, I think, for the last month. Uh, Damian Harris did miss practice, but I think it was due to a personal reason. So we'll see what he does uh, today. All right.
0: Sleeper is one of the fastest growing, customizable fantasy football platforms in the industry. If you head to sleeper.com or download the latest Sleeper app, you can check it out for yourself. But John and I both use Sleeper in our fantasy leagues, and uh, we really enjoy it. I mean, it's easy easy to use the app once you become familiar with it. Uh, the website is slick as well. Uh, and really, it's one of the, the, the best fantasy football platforms that uh, I have played on. And, and John, I know that you're excited as well. Uh, to use to continue to use sleeper but without further ado this is the last sleeper sneaky start of the week and over the last couple of weeks John I mean it, for for regular listeners and viewers I struggled with the sleeper sneaky start of the week but I practiced it I honed my skills we st- we stuck with it and now I can actually say the sleeper sneaky start of the week as opposed to saying sleepy sneaky start of the week
1: yeah so it's good. incredible your your metamorphosis uh this season it's been it's been great. We haven't we haven't had a hiccup in a while. No. Uh even I haven't screwed it up. Uh but uh, for viewers right now you can see our uh sleeper sneaky star of the week on screen. He's wearing his big hat. His his friend or I don't know if it's his relative has a big hat company. Uh Brian Brian Robinson. Uh looks like Antonio Gibson may miss. And if he does play, I would expect to be pretty limited. He was a, a DNP this uh yesterday so we'll see what happens uh today, uh, but he I believe he practiced on Wednesday and didn't practice on Thursday. So that's looks like a downgrade, but we'll see. Uh regardless, Brian Robinson uh playing against the Browns, 28th and adjusted fantasy points, uh allowed to running backs. Uh Robinson and Jonathan Williams would probably uh split the work, but not 50 50. Robinson has been uh seeing occasionally 20 plus carries in that offense. Um the Browns have yielded an average of 129 total yards, 5.34 yards per carry to opposing backfield since week 13. Uh, so it's just a good matchup, big workload. So he'll be ranked higher than usual this week with uh, Gobson, or Gibson uh, kind of uh, hobbled.
0: And then we move on to our sneaky starts segment. If you want to check out the full list of sneaky starts for John Paulson, you can find it at 444.com. He gives you quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends, various options. This is just a little bit of a, an appetizer for you, some of the players that we really want to highlight in the podcast. But again, I encourage you to go to 44.com. Whether you're playing in year-long leagues or your DFS uh, leagues, the, this article is extremely helpful if you're looking for, uh, again, some sneaky sneaky plays. So without further ado, ado let's get into the sneaky starts. Let's start off with a quarterback that is set to make his return this week. It's, it's Mike White. Uh, much to the enjoyment of Jets players and fans, he's going to face the Seahawks.
1: Yeah, it's like the uh, the key has risen. Uh, Mike White is back, and uh, they're they're excited. Uh, they, the the fan base seems to like him a lot more than Zach Wilson at this point. And this is a kind of a sneaky shootout situation with the with the Seahawks defense. Seahawks defense has not been very good. They're worse against the run. Uh, so I also uh, talked about Zonovan Knight, who's had been a little bit quiet the last couple of weeks. Uh, as a sneaky start in the in the, in the column, uh, the, the passing defense is kind of middle of the road, 15th in adjusted fantasy points allowed uh, to quarterbacks. But when White plays, the, the Jets tend to pass more. Uh, he's a threat for 40 pass attempts, which is which is obviously good for the uh, all the receivers there. Uh, he had got uh, his rib injury, um, and they're still alive for the playoffs. He had 24.8 against the Bears. He had 17.5 against the Vikings uh, a week after. Uh, he was not not great against the Bills, ten point seven in ninety one percent of the snaps before uh, missing uh, the, the end of that game. Uh, Seattle's been kind of mediocre uh, against the pass, as I mentioned, but Mahomes, uh, Brock Purdy, Derek Carr, uh, Tom Brady have all had at least sixteen points uh, against them since week ten. So the the matchup is fair, and uh, just I think he's a solid streamer this week, given the the, the way that the quarterback position is kind of shaping up.
0: Curtis Samuel is taking on the Browns. The Browns uh, against wide receivers this year, you can see see on the screen. Uh, you know they they're they're generous to to wide receivers. So uh,
1: no, they're Curtis, actually they're actually tough. They're, they're yeah, they're fourth. Receiver, they're, yeah, 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 they're fourth in adjusted fantasy points allowed uh, to receivers. So this is kind of going against the the, the matchups that we try to, to kind of target. But the reason I wanted to talk about Samuel is that we have Carson Wentz back at quarterback now. We haven't talked about yet on the on the pod today, but he. Really did target Curtis Samuel at a higher rate, and it's bad. The news is bad for Terry McLaurin, but it's good for for Curtis Samuel. He saw a twenty one point four percent target share with with Wentz. Uh, he only had a fourteen uh, percent target share with Taylor Heineke. Uh, Wentz came into the game uh, last week and immediately threw a <laughs> touchdown to Curtis Samuel. And you know, with these running back injuries. Uh, or at least the one injury with, with uh, the passing down back uh, Antonio Gibson, it's possible that, you know, Curtis Samuel sees a little bit of backfield work as well. He, they have been using him as a runner here and there, uh, but he might, you know, he could certainly serve as the backup running back uh, and at least share that role, uh, you know, behind uh, uh, Brian Robinson, big hat Brian Robinson. So uh, in his first four games with, uh, you know, I think also, if you're looking at, Jahan Dotson, he's good as well. Uh, in his first games, four games with with Wentz, three for 40 and two touchdowns, four for 59 and a touchdown two for 10, and three for 43 and a touchdown. So there's an extra sneaky start there with Jahan Dotson as well.
0: my, 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 my eyes saw the fourth and my mind said that can't that couldn't be right because we're always highlighting defenses to attack. So I yeah I switched it up. Uh, this one, this one I will get right. So the Lions have not been good against tight ends. And as the Bears travel to Detroit, John Cole Komet is, sne- is a sneaky start option, one of your sneaky start options for tight ends.
1: Yeah, I believe this game has one of the highest, if not the highest, total on the board. And you just look at the Bears' offense and who's going to score touchdowns for them. You know, Justin Fields obviously can do it with his legs, uh, maybe David, David Montgomery. Uh, but after that, who, who could make plays in the passing game? Who scores touchdowns in the passing game? And Cole Komet is the guy that jumps out to me. Uh, he had a couple bad matchups in the last couple weeks. Uh, Bills and Eagles are first and ninth in adjusted fantasy points allowed to tight end, so he didn't do very well. Uh, the Lions are 30th in that metric. Uh, they've g- given up three usable games uh, in the last uh, four weeks. Cizé Uzuma had two for 41 and two. Uh, T.J. Hawkinson had six for 77. Evan Ingram had five for 30 and a touchdown uh, just in the last four weeks, and uh, I think Kmet is that you know the number one target right now in that offense. I think he's a He's a nice sneaky start this week at tight end. All
0: right, and then as we move forward here and kind of wrap up the podcast, the breakout receiver model, I, I don't know, do we even mention Mike Evans' name anymore? I,
1: I... Yeah, I mean, I, I said I would do it until he scored a touchdown, and then I would take full credit for his breakout. I, I have to stick with it now. It's getting sad. Uh, he's <laughs> he's blown some, he's blown some. Four uh, weeks. Yeah, he's blown some good matchups. Uh it just hasn't happened. It's so weird with Tom Brady, a quarterback, and the fact that they have a rapport that he does not have a touchdown uh, in quite some time. But yes, he's, I got to mention him. I, I, I'm obliged at this point. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, I think is another name that's popping. He's number, he's the number one receiver in the model this week. And you we have Colt McCoy back at uh, quarterback. So that's a good uh, move for for DeAndre Hopkins in terms of his upside this week. Uh, Garrett Wilson, uh, we talked a little bit about Mike White coming back, but he's Uh, thrived with white at quarterback and he is number two uh, receiver popping in the model this week Uh, expected 14.2 he's only scored 9.2 in the last three weeks and then uh, we briefly touched on alan lazard but he i think this week especially against the the vikings i think he and romeo dobbs uh, if if watson is out those two are going to be leaned on heavily by aaron Rodgers. Uh, I would lean Lazard over Dobbs at this point because Dobbs is still sort of working his way back from that injury. But, you know, I I would expect if Watson is limited or out that uh, Dobbs is going to be ramped up pretty quickly. But both players, I think, uh, can score against uh, this Vikings defense, which I believe is last in the league and adjusted fantasy points allowed to receivers.
0: Yeah, they're just hemorrhaging hemorrhaging points constantly. I mean, that Minnesota defense, good luck in the postseason. That offense is scary. You know, a lot of people talk about Kirk Cousins and his limitations, but – that defense is the bigger problem right now. So it's going to be interesting to watch all of this unfold, but John, it's been another great season uh, at the most accurate podcast. Appreciate all your hard work all, all season long. And uh, hopefully we'll be the, the powers that be will allow us to do this again next year.
1: Yeah. And we'll see if we can schedule uh, another uh, one at some point during the postseason or after the season, just kind of reflect on the season and talk about things that we learned uh, heading into uh, heading into 2023. No doubt. And then
0: before you know it, the free agency, the draft and all that will we'll get going again. But anybody that is playing in a championship game, good luck this this weekend, uh, you know, or if, if for some reason your league doesn't do it until next week. First of all, get a new commissioner. Second, second of all, good luck. Uh, but everybody have a happy, happy and safe new year. And we do appreciate you 444.com listeners and viewers. Uh, this is the first year that we we did kind of a, a streaming video. So hopefully everybody kind of enjoyed that looking at John and I's u- ugly mugs. Uh, so if you like that, great, fantastic. Maybe you'll get more of that next year, but again, everybody thank you for your contributions to 444.com If you're a subscriber and if you're not no better time than right now, when you've got the fantasy playoffs going on and uh, you're trying to wrap up your, your leagues with with some wins, uh, DFS and betting content also at 44.com For John Paulson and Anthony Stoltz signing off for the final most accurate podcast in 2022. Good luck, everybody.